0: Good morning, everyone. My name is Chad Hubbard. I'm one of the elders here at Southridge Church. And today I've been given the opportunity to share some time with you, be invited into your living rooms, wherever you may be, and and go over one of our uh, topics uh, for this week's series entitled, You've Got Style. The overarching uh, piece to this is that the more time we spend with God, the more we see of him. The future measurement of spiritual growth is no longer church attendance, but engagement. If you've noticed a theme of what we've talked about this year, it's been very God-focused, Christ-centered, and Spirit-empowering. For some of us, it's being reintroduced to God. For others of us, it's being reminded of who God is and who we are in Him. For even for others, you're being introduced to God, perhaps for the first time, and not a version of Him, but the real Him. A question that we want to continue over the next month is, how do you best connect with God? If you were to ask Jess' grandmother this question, she would probably describe how she wakes up early in the morning and has been doing so for 41 years and gets underneath the the closet in the basement steps and spends the next hour reading the Bible, praying and listening. For my grandmother, it was oftentimes late-night journal entries or just having that peace and quiet, that time to reflect upon the day and the day that's about to come about the next day or it would be in service to other people within the community she was a lifelong nurse and she definitely knew what service before self meant and to provide that service to others so that was way of her showing the love of god to others in the community my question to you this morning is how would you best connect with god or who is that person in your life that demonstrates that connection uh, with God? Who's that role model that you look up to? Now, I'll assume that you're all way more godlier than me. You probably woke up at 5 a.m., uh, which some of you may have been logging on this morning, and that's the reason for it, that you were able to log on. And you couldn't, you know, wrap up your time alone with God and just caught up in a moment of worship, so you might have been a little late getting to this service, which is all good. You have that connection. You got to stay with it. The connection and tension aspect of this is that most people, when it comes to their devotional habits, believe that they need help. It's an area of their life that they haven't given much attention to or enough attention to. And perhaps when you hear people talk about their Bible, talk about journaling, praying, and fasting, you think, I'm not good at that. I don't do that well enough. Well, that's just the enemy talking, whispering in your ear, casting that doubt. Cast him aside. Don't pay him no mind. Sometimes that can lead to you getting disappointed or to periods of frustration because you think your spiritual well-being is lacking. Again, don't let the enemy in. He's trying to isolate. Don't allow it to happen. This series, we're going to take an all-stake look at how we evaluate the best connection with God. This can be a game changer in your life. Your relationship with Him could begin moving in a new direction, which could change the quality of of your relationship with him for the rest of your life. So we're asking you to do three things over the course of the next four weeks. First, gather. Gather in person. Gather online. Just have that fellowship, even when we're not in person. That's the ultimate connection to him, is that we're not supposed to be in this alone. We are to be in a journey with him as he's walking alongside us in step. But it's also to have that connection with others, to share his love with others. Secondly, it's to surrender. For the Marines or military guys in the house, you know, our type A personality, that may be hard for us to do because we like to have that control or we think we can fix it. But you've got to surrender yourself. Surrender that frustration and disappointment that I spoke of earlier and be willing to learn the best way to connect with God. And then thirdly, commit. Forming a new habit takes time commit to sticking it out. Yes, life is going to get in the way. Things are going to come up with the kids' schedules, but always strive to maintain that commitment. In this series, we're going to work through connecting with God. The ideas from Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas is the foundation of this series. To better understand the context of where this series fits in our relationship with God is to understand the whole uh, story of the Bible. We're going to Peek into Genesis 1 through 2. God made things good, very good. God's relationship with Adam and Eve was at peace. Everything was at peace and in peace. Shalom, the Hebrew word for peace or balance. Perfect God created balance. Everything in its right place, doing everything it's supposed to do. And In Genesis 1.31, we see that then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good. But we all know the story of Adam and Eve. And Continuing into Genesis 3, Adam and Eve decide to rebel against God, and sin enters the equation into the world, breaking the peace, that shalom. Sin is a disease that all humans are born with and impacts every part of God's creation. Everything became out of balance after sin entered. There was no more shalom. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves as it's highlighted in Genesis 3:7 so Adam and Eve rebelling against God ultimately led to shame and wanting to hide from that shame moving on speaking about rest God desires us to get back to the peace in Genesis 1 through 2 out of his love for us God decides to take that sin upon himself through his son Jesus Jesus for us. Jesus' resurrection proves that sin and death is defeated. The invitation is open. put your trust that Jesus's death and resurrection makes you at peace with God and free from the power of sin. Jesus says the leader of, the, of your life is getting to uh, getting us to that Shalom in Genesis 1. There will be balance. It won't be perfect, Shalom because ultimately, human nature, and we are of sin. That is our sinful nature. There's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone, as it is said in 1 Timothy 2-5. Now, let's think of a wedding and a marriage. When you put your trust in Jesus, it's like a wedding day, which initiates the marriage. For those of us who have been married or are married now or know that those that are married, we all know that couples who said their vows and had an incredible wedding day, everything went perfect. But after that honeymoon period, if you will, their marriage was terrible. What God now wants to invite us into is an intimate relationship. In other words, just like a marriage. Not the wedding day, though that is great, but an everlasting relationship and a marriage. The foundation of this series is from Jesus' brother, who writes, Come close to God, and God will come close to you, in James 4.8. According to the sacred pathways, all of us have spiritual styles. God has given us a spiritual style so we can connect with him in an intimate relationship. Some will make sense. That's when you know that it might be you. Others will sound dumb. That's when you know that's not you. Whatever yours is, you lean in and begin connecting with God. Offer grace to those who have a temperament different than yours. I'd like to go through these nine styles over the next week. Excuse me, the next few weeks. I'll quickly describe each style along with the best practice and pitfall. This is the starting point. There may be more styles. These nine are a great starting point. And perhaps you may find yourself being a combination of two to three of these various styles. We'll provide very practical practices you can do to begin forming habits. First off, there's the naturalist. That naturalist is that loving God through the outdoors by visualizing scripture and seeing God more clearly through nature and learning to rest well by slowing down and unplugging. I could often relate to this. I feel closest to God often when I'm out in his Uh, beautiful landscape that he has created, whether that's by the water's edge, out in the woods, and just having that time. The best practices for our naturals are when during prayer walks or unplugging from electronics by devoting time and attention to others without the distraction or interruptions caused by that technology. The pitfall is it could lead to individualism. Jesus spent time outdoors to to prepare to go back into the world we must make sure we're not using creation to escape the duties of following Jesus. The second style is sensate. The description of that being loving God through their senses, touch, taste, smell, sound, and sight. as are just some examples. And that's how it is celebrated. Best practices for this style, praying in color as they express what in their heart and they, what they seek as a deep connection with God, through words, pictures, colors, or dueling, it could be through communicate or through communion rather, Lord's Supper, because of the elements that can be seen, can be tasted, can be touched, can be smelled. The pitfall of this it could lead to worship, worshiping worship. You know, sensory stimulation is not the same thing as worship. There needs to be caution with assuming Hillsong, the band Hillsong, is worship, and someone with a guitar is not. Next on the list for the style, traditionalists. This being described as loving God through routines. This could be through liturgical prayer, which is praying a written or memorized prayer. Fasting, which is a self-denial of food to intentionally pray. Pitfalls of this it could be serving God without knowing God. Religion can serve faith but can never replace faith. Religion is about you. Faith is about what God has done and does for you through Christ. The next style, aesthetic. That being loving God through solitude and simplicity. This could be silence, which is scheduling a quiet time, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, Jeff's grandmother would do, or that my grandmother would do. She'd have that time of solitude and silence, and scheduling the quiet time with God without interruption and noise. The pitfalls of this could be seeking to gain God's favor. His love for you is unconditional, And his forgiveness is based on what Jesus did on your behalf, not based on what you do for God. Then you've got the activists in the crowd, those loving God through fighting for godly principles. Best practices here could be justice, which is supporting causes with time, money, other resources, energy that correct wrongs done to others, like human trafficking, hunger, or homelessness. Although this could lead... Excessive amount to elitism, or the cause becomes more important than the creator. The cause becomes your identity instead of Christ. There's condemning those who lack activism, so you have to be on the lookout for that. A caregiver, our next style. Loving God through serving others, as I mentioned my grandmother did throughout the community as a nurse, or during, you know, she loved to bake, I'd be in the kitchen with her making you know, homemade apple pie or donuts, and that would be her way of blessing others is through her gift of cooking. For these folks, hospitality, which is creating a safe, open space where a friend or stranger is welcomed, Pitfalls here could be those serving ourselves through serving others. Those who lack security and identity will serve to find self-validation and identity through that service, and it's more about them than it is about the service provided to others. And then you've got the enthusiast, loving God through mystery and celebration. Best practices here could be celebrating through spending time with others, sharing meals, serving, dancing, partying, and listening to music. You worship through regularly attending services and group. Pitfall here could lead to pride and demanding that God answer all prayers with a yes uh, is to ask for his omnipotence without having the benefit of his omnip- omnipotence, uh, no- or knowledge. You got the contemplative style, loving God through adoration. This could be centering prayer, which is where the prayer seeks to quiet scattered thoughts and desires in the still center still being centered on Christ's presence, resting in Christ. A breathe prayer, which is repeating a simple one-sentence prayer that begins with the name of God that is meaningful. A pitfall here could be creating a vacuum. A follower of Jesus wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not emptied out. So heavenly-minded that you no longer are earthly good. And then you've got the last of the styles that we're going to talk about. Intellectual. Loving God through mind and understanding. Best practices can be Bible study, which is understanding and applying truth to every part of your life. Memorization, which is remembering scripture so that God shapes us. A pitfall here could be knowing rather than doing, not applying what you've learned or what you're learning. So how do you best connect with God? We've gone through some examples, some styles. As I already mentioned, those are some suggested ways Not the way, but a number of ways that you could perhaps find yourself better connecting with God. Today is that starting point for many of us who may still feel that disappointment or frustration that our spiritual life is lacking. These spiritual styles will help us know how God has wired us spiritually. Even though we're not back to perfect harmony between creation and the Creator, like the peace or shalom process in Genesis, God provides us peace between him and us through Jesus. This peaceful relationship is about to grow through how he was wired us to connect with him. Our ultimate desire is that all of us would not be content with a wedding or that wedding day, but rather we would be content with a healthy, growing marriage. We've been reminded that marriage is never about the first day, but every day. Hopefully we're not content with trusting Jesus one time, but we're living in dependence every day, at every moment with our Heavenly Father. Perhaps you're listening or watching today and have never accepted what Jesus has done for you. I'd like to provide you that opportunity today. And you can say it with this simple prayer. God, thank you for loving me. I recognize I've got that sin that disease which has separated you from me. God, thank you for sending Jesus to take my place. I accept that Jesus died in my place and rose from the dead to defeat sin and death. Thank you for peace, the peace that I have with you, and the freedom that I have from sin. Amen. Thank you for this time to share some moments with you today. And I look forward to the coming conversations as we continue to lead into this series and continue to see how we've got that style and what style best works for us to grow in that connection with our Heavenly Father. Have a blessed day.